And I also want to make a big shout out to those that are joining us on live stream or Facebook live. Uh, we want to join. You couldn't be here with us this morning. We, we miss your presence here, but we know that uh, you're tuning in with us online. So we want to welcome you as well. And I uh, trust that you're enjoying your living room this morning while we're all gathered here together. And uh, man, we, we're going to have a great morning. As we said, we actually have a, a baby dedication that we got going on. I mean, there's a lot of babies coming in this church. And um, for those of you that may not know, I'm here because my wife is still pregnant. So just to kind of get it out there, Jamie said, maybe you want to wear a sign to let everyone know that we still are pregnant. And so, um, yeah, 41 weeks and we can count really good. So it's going to be coming any moment now, any moment now. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to call up Pastor Sheila. And uh, we got some wonderful families that are here. And again, we want to welcome those that came this morning uh, to celebrate your, your nephew, your grandson, granddaughter uh, to be dedicated this morning. Pastor Sheila. Thanks, Pastor Joel. Um, well, uh, Pastor Jamie's mom is here and has been here for a while because Pastor Jamie was going to have a baby a while ago. She walked in the door today without Jamie, and no one said hi to her. They all went, well, well. <laughs> I said, sorry, Marilyn, hi. <laughs> well, welcome to Impact Life Church. Um, today we're going to take the opportunity to dedicate and join with a couple families that's what we're actually doing is joining with their declaration to dedicate their children to the Lord. I, I was listening as Penny was singing and she was saying, God is so good. So you sing that and declare that because declarations and words that come out of your mouth, they point your toes. They point your whole life in a certain direction. And when you make a decision to dedicate your family to the Lord, you're saying publicly, not that you're perfect and not you're going to have all the answers, but Lord, I want them to know you. And that's an important statement to make publicly. So in, in scripture, I just want to read a couple to you. Psalm 127 verse 3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward. We're we're going to call her up here in a moment, but <laughs> we'll, we'll just talk for a second. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, children are a gift. We don't own them. You know, after, after raising my children and now I'm a grandma, I know, I know I didn't do everything perfect, but I know that I asked God to help me. And I realize more now than ever, they never belong to me. It was like they were a gift. And I, I'm seeing in scripture over and over, teach them to love me. And, and that's what these families are going to say. So I'm going I'm to call them up. Jesus was dedicated in the temple. Hannah dedicated her child. Like we see it in scripture. This is a scriptural thing. And we have a, a good basis to do it. So I'm going to call up the two families here today that are dedicating their children to the Lord to come on up on stage with me. And the families are here. Thank you, families, for coming. Thank you for recognizing that this is... I'm going to maybe have you stand over there. There we go. Thank you for recognizing that we're doing this together. And you go ahead and take photos and Instagram these people and declare that they're giving their children, dedicating their children to the Lord. So I'm just going to speak to you guys for just a moment. In Deuteronomy 6 to 9, it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. 
And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them and again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Yeah, isn't that good? In the message, verse 6 says, Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside your children. You know, nobody's asking you to be perfect. Oh, thank God. What, what, what God is asking you is love me and teach my children how to love me. Teach them my word and make it part of your home. Like when you're sending them off to school, when you're putting them to bed at night, when you're eating supper. Not, you're not walking around like quoting scripture like this all day. It's part of who you are. It's part of what, who we all are, and we're doing this with them. And we're dedicating these kids, but maybe you're here today, and you never dedicated yours, and they're not with you. Uh, maybe they're gone. You know, you, it's, not, it's not too late. This isn't an age-related thing. You can still teach your children today. You can show them the love of God. And if you want to start over, then just say, when we pray today, I'm starting over, and I'm going to do what they're doing. So that's my charge to them, and I, I really want you to relax. Because God loves you. And he's, he knows these kids. Actually, he created them. And he knows what they're going to need. You, you're going to ask the Holy Ghost, tell me, Lord, because there'll be days. Right? <laughs> there'll, there'll be days that you'll say, oh, Lord, I, I, I need, <laughs> there's a father. I need wisdom. So I'm, we're going to have the parents make a commitment, but I would like the audience to stand. Um, and I'm just going to ask you something as an audience. This isn't a charge to you, and it's, it's, a, it's a charge to us because we're Impact Life Church. We're, we're impacting generation, generations for Jesus, all of us together. So I just want to ask you today, do you agree to stand together with these families and commit to walking with them as they raise their kids? And what I'm asking from you is that when they walk through the door, you're just going to love them and help them and accept them to the best of your ability. Will you do that? Look at that. You got a family. You got your earthly family, but you got your Christian family too. And we pray for you every week. We pray for our families here at church. So here's the parent's commitment. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me, after me in the presence of all of us. Today in the presence of God and my church family. Today in the presence of God and my church family. I commit to putting God and his word first. In my, family. in my family. I commit to raising my children in the ways of the Lord. I will model God's love to my children. I will seek God's wisdom and direction as I teach them and train them. Thank you, Lord, for my children. Today and every day, they are, yours. they are yours. And I am a willing servant. Okay. And what I should have done, and we're going to pray over you together, but what I should have done at the beginning is tell you who these people are. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Would you like to introduce your family? My name is Brett. I'm Paige. 
And this is our baby Theodore, or Theo for short. He was born December 18th, 2019. He's three months on Wednesday. I'm Roxanne. This is Kevin Ziola. Josie. And this is Cammy. She can't say her name. Ziola. <laughs> Our last name is Ziola. And Cammy is 13 months. And there's proof that you don't get it perfect. So we're going to pray together. Just stretch out your hands to these families. Father, you heard today what they committed to, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you that they're bold and brave and strong, and thank you that they were willing to teach their children about you. And we commit with them to do what we can do as they commit to you. And I, I just thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. What beautiful families. Hey, man, those are guys are awesome. Congratulations. We're so glad that you, you did that this morning. And uh, for this morning, we have uh, my, my dad, Pastor John, is going to be speaking this morning. Um, hey, you got a fan club. That's that's great. And I'm, I'm so grateful for my folks. And I mean, those that are joining us live stream again, welcome. Uh, you know, I'm so I'm so thankful for my for my parents. Uh, they are the ones that planted this church in 1992. 1992. We've been in this building since 1994. Uh, and so we actually just, we, we transitioned about a little over four years ago. And, uh, but I can honestly say, I'm so grateful for the family that I grew up in who taught us the word of God. We were forced to speak in tongues and march around the house and you confess the word and you speak the word. And we like even went as far as to, you know, make the Bible come to life. And I remember Javen and I, at one point we were the blind Bartimaeus and we had to cry out to my dad, son of David, son of Fred, have mercy on us, Lord, Father, Sir. It was a whole mixture. We called him Papa, Sir, Lord. It was a whole mixture, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we would even put dirt on our eyes, and it was like, hey, you're blind now. You're blind. Yeah, and I'll, I actually am blind. Like, I can't see. So then he would spit, and he would make saliva and make the mud, and he would wipe this stuff off us. So he made the Bible come to life in us. And so I, I'm forever grateful for the 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 legacy that I'm walking in. So thank you so much for being my parents. I know you didn't get a choice. You were forced to have me. But uh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm not a, yeah, yeah. But I'm so grateful just for the word, the strong word that we grew up in. And uh, they continue to do that. Now they've not just planted this church, but now they're going worldwide and able to, you know, really host healing meetings and evangelistic meetings around the world, really, to get people born again and filled with the Spirit. So we're so thankful that you could come this morning. We love you. And uh, Pastor John. You're on, sir. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Love you, Joel. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Oh, yeah. I may need that. I may need that one later on. It's. I'm glad to be with you this morning. It's been a while, and uh, you just heard what Pastor Joel said about how he grew up. That's how he basically re remembers it. I remember it a little bit different. <laughs> In that, you know, he was really, uh, he really loved to put dirt on Javen's eyeballs <laughs> and then spit in the ground. And, you know, I was telling the story and they would have to act it out. That's how I remember it. But, you know, we, we probably did a mixture of, of all of it. But the whole bottom line is, you know, there's different ways you can teach your kids, you know. Uh, but I think one of the best ways is just to act it out, you know, that was really 
really a very helpful way of uh, doing it. We would also, you know, when they were up in their teens, you know, we would tell them to dance till your attitude changes, right? Sometimes they had a bad attitude. So we told them, dance in Jesus' name till your attitude changes. And their attitude changed, praise the Lord. Is that right? Amen. We did a lot of stuff, you know. We did a lot of stuff. I can get into it, you know, uh, that I don't want to do that because then I will wind up with three messages this morning. I don't want to do that necessarily. But uh, I, I believe this, you know, that if you, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your family, you and your household, you and your family will be saved. And I believe we're living in days that people will see their household coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. And so, uh, yes, you know, what, what Pastor Joel said, you know, we did start a church back in 1992. And uh, we have been in this building. It used to be the Moose Hall. But we kicked out the moose and brought in the sheep at that time. <laughs> And so we've been a sheep shed for some time, you know, praise the Lord. It's been good. And since 2016, actually earlier on, you know, like we've always been traveling, really. But uh, since 2016, we felt the Lord leading us to do this full time. And Pastor Joel and Jamie have done a tremendous job in, you know, not just taking it over, but bringing it to, to a wonderful, much higher level than we would ever be able to take it. Amen. And uh, so I've I found we've always been good starters and are good starters, but then you get to the place you've got to give it over to someone else who can give it, bring things to a, to a different level. Amen. How, how do you believe that? And so just like Pastor Joel said a moment ago that we've been traveling around uh, healing campaigns, salvation meetings, everything. We've done a lot of different things, pastors' meetings. But we've come now to the place that we want to, actually built something tangible in some of the places that we've been to. And uh, one of the best ways for me to explain that would be to talk a little bit about Ethiopia. And I'm doing that not just to brag on us on what we're doing, but, you know, just first of all, give credit to the Lord, but also give you the opportunity to see what you've been, uh, you know, par participating in by your finances. So we are so thankful for your graciousness in you as a church supporting us uh, financially and some of you, you know, on a, on a private level as well. Thank you very much. But I believe it'd be good for me to give you a report every once in a while just to see what we're doing. And one of the best ways, I'm scheduled to go to Ethiopia again this coming Tuesday. It's a little bit iffy right now at this moment because uh, some of the meetings have been canceled of where we were going to go. So it may not really work out. But, you know, we don't cancel it. We just postpone it to a different time. But it still gives me an opportunity just to let you know what we've been doing. You know, how did we wind up in Ethiopia? You know, did we just spin the globe and then, you know, stopped it and there's Ethiopia? Well, no. How I many of you know, you know, you, we can do things according to the will and the purposes of God, right? And, um, and so it all began really when, uh, you know, when Pastor Joel's wife, Jamie, they were, at the time, they were just dating, you know, back in 2008, 2000, and no, 2007, I believe it was. And uh, so then Jamie came uh, to visit us, and she had just been, uh, just been on a mission trip to Uganda and India, I believe. And she came, and I asked her about the missions because it's something I've always been interested in. And um, so she said, well, she said, I've been in every place the Lord wanted me to go. 
except for one place, and that is Gulu, Uganda. Now, the minute she said Gulu, Uganda, it just jumped in me. You know, it just really spoke to me. And I just knew, like I knew my own name, I've got to go to Gulu, Uganda. And that came back, you know, because uh, how, how many of you know, you know, you can be spirit-led. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Right? Like you don't have to operate in fear. You don't have to operate in doubt and, and things like that. You, we can operate by faith and by the Spirit of God. We are Spirit-led because uh, be, before that time, we had an opportunity, you know, like we always do, just to pray. And we used to have uh, prayer meetings on Tuesday afternoons. And one afternoon from 12 till 1, we were praying here. And uh, when you pray in tongues long enough... How many of you know the gifts of the Holy Ghost begin to move, right? They don't always move, but many times when you pray long enough, they begin to move. And so I remember I'm just walking up and down the stage here, and I just felt impressed just to say something by the Spirit. And I, I, I don't recall if I said it in the mic or if I just said it to myself, but after praying in tongues for an, you know, a certain amount of time, I just felt in my heart, felt impressed just to speak it out in, in, in English where your mind can understand what you've been saying. How many of you know that's in the Bible, <laughs> right? And so I just said there are places to go. There are people to see. There are things to say, and there are things to do. I thought, well, yeah, that's good. I was kind of, you know, blessed by it. I think I remember kind of peeking through my eye. You know, nobody else was excited about it except me. But, you know, I had, I had a good experience. So I remember thinking about it. That's good, you know. But then I walked out through that door. <laughs> you know, you get back in the natural sometimes, right? After a prayer meeting, it's very easy to get back into the natural. So I thought to myself, you know what? Everybody's got places to go. Everybody's got people to see. Everybody's got things to say. Everybody's got things to, to do. I mean, that's our whole life. So what's so special about that? But it made me conscious of this very thing that there are specific people that you must meet. They're called divine appointments. Amen. How many of you know you need divine appointments in your life? You, there are people that you must meet. It's ordained by the Spirit of God that you must meet those people. And if you don't, you know, if you just try to figure it out in your own self, you know, you might just pick the banker. <laughs> you know, somebody because you think, well, he'll, he'll be influential in my life financially. Or you think, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry that, that girl. I'm going to marry that guy. And just because they just look so good and just totally miss the will of God. But I believe this, if you pray in tongues, you know, you meet the right people. Right? If you pray, let me put it that way. But praying in tongues, you know, seems to add something to it. You know, it, it'll bring divine appointments in your life. And I became very conscious of that, that there are divine appointments in my life. And that's how when, when Jamie came and she said, you know, I've been in every place the Lord wanted me to go except Gulu, Uganda, it jumped up in my spirit. And I remember thinking, you know, that, that's how Samson must have felt, right? And, you know, every once in a while the Spirit of God would come on him and he would just jump up and say, yeah, i got to slap me some Philistines. <laughs> right? And so this came up in me. You know, I, I, I just got to go to Gulu, Uganda. Now, I'd never heard of Gulu, Uganda, so I googled Gulu and found out it's a crazy place. 
uh, you know, it's a place at, at the time, back in those days, you know, a, 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 I was going to say a gentleman, he's not a gentleman, he's an evil man by the name of Coney, was right there in that, island, in that, uh, in that area. And so, uh, so we took a team with us. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting here, I'm getting here. You may wonder, you know, this, I'm, I'm leading up to, to something here. And uh, so we went to Gulu, Uganda, and when we got there, uh, there, was, there was a team with me, Muriel Walker, Holly Coots was with me, Matthew Housing was with me, uh, some other people were with me as well. Just a, not a real big team, but a small team. And so we went there, and then we got to Gulu, and guess what? They told me. All the meetings that we were planning on doing had been canceled. They had just been canceled, you know, nothing. We had nothing there. So now I have to go back to my team and tell them, you know, we've got nothing here. And that was not very comfortable for, for me. I don't want to do that because these people have just spent, you know, somewhere around $33,000 to $3,500 to have a good mission trip. So I didn't really want to go back to my team and say, well, we've got nothing here, but what else can I do? So I uh, re re reluctantly went back to them, be sitting at a table at a restaurant. And as I'm explaining all of this, we've got nothing. Thank God they were Christians. <laughs> so they didn't take me out of the city and stoned him. So I'm really glad about that. So they had a really good attitude about it. And they said, well, why don't we just go one-on-one -on -one to, you know, to all the people. Now, we were going to do that anyway, but it was kind of a filler between what we were planning on doing. So uh, during that time, you know, as we're talking, two guys, two big guys, Uganda guys, they walk in, they're looking around just like this, and they see us. We were not difficult to pick out out of the crowd. They pointed at us, you know, and they came over, and they asked us, are you from Canada? I said, yes, we are from Canada. So, oh, good, he said, would you be able to do us a favor? He said, we have some, miric some uh, outdoor miracle campaigns planned, uh, some marketplace miracle meetings planned, but, you know, the gentleman who was supposed to come was not able to make it, and would you be able to do that? And so I said, well... Well, no, I said, yes, we're, I'm really, really excited about that because I felt in my heart, you know, this is the place the Lord wants, wants us to go. And it looked like it's all falling apart. So when this happened, praise the Lord, that's, that's a good thing. Now, out of, that, out of those meetings came two brand new churches. Amen. I mean, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But then something else happened as well. You know, that what happened, uh, there was a lady there, you know, she was, she was working the hotel where we stayed, and she asked me to write down my name and the name of my team member, so I did, and that's what I'm doing, so I just asked her, you know, like I normally would do, I said, do you know Jesus? And she went like this to me, she said, no, she said, I don't want to know you, I don't want to know you, Jesus, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. I said, well, I said, that's okay. You know, I'm not really here to fight about that. But then I said by the Spirit, you know what's going to happen to you? Jesus is going to come to you, and he's going to make him real to you. You wait and see. So she rolled her eyes at me, oh, really sarcastically, and she said, oh, I'll be waiting, she said. <laughs> and so this was a Saturday. The next day was Sunday, uh, and I, you know, I got up early to get ready for my, for my messages and, uh, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. So I went to the restaurant to get myself a cup of coffee. She was working there because she's the manager of the hotel, and she was making breakfast for people. She saw me 
pouring myself a cup of coffee. And she said, uh, can I have a cup of coffee with you? I said, sure. You know, so we're sitting down over a cup of coffee, and this is what she said. She said, last night, a man dressed in white came to me, and he said to me, child, follow your heart. Do what your heart says. And I asked, she, she said, I, I, I asked him, who are you? And he said to her, I am the living one whom you say you don't know and you don't want to know, but I have always known you, and soon you will know me too. Have you seen those people? And in this vision or in this dream, she didn't know exactly what it was. Uh, you know, she said, um, uh, you know, she, she didn't know exactly what it was. But in this dream or in this vision, this man dressed in white pointed at us, at our team, and he said to her, listen to them, they're of my kingdom. And then he was gone, and then he left. So she asked me, what do I do? Well, when you're in ministry, you've got to be like a duck, you know, cool on top and pedaling like crazy under, underneath. <laughs> so I'm processing all of this real fast. And I said to her, you know what? That man that you just saw, that you saw in this dream or in this vision, that's the man I was talking to you about. His name is Jesus. And you may recognize him in Islam uh, as, you know, as a prophet, but he is so much more than a prophet. He is the Lord of the human race in that God sent him to die for our sin and then he raised him from the dead that if you believe on him, you will be saved. She said, I believe that. And so I had the great privilege to introducing her to Jesus. She received him, was saved. She immediately got filled with the Holy Ghost that same day, spoke in other tongues. The next day, she helped us lay hands on the sick and they recovered. <laughs> then a couple of years later, she helped us with another mission in that same area. But then during the time, I found out that she was not really a Uganda lady. She was an Ethiopian. And so this is where I'm heading with this. <laughs> so long, I know it's a long story, but I thought, you know, you might know, you might want to know this because that's what you're investing in. Amen. You wanna, so I want to get to some of the details here and so uh, as I found out she's really from from Ethiopia I thought you know there's got to be some more people like that that want to you know that want to be free amen that want to be free I, I can tell you a lot more about that but uh, so we brought a team with us in 2015 with this text you know Psalm 68 verse 31 Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands towards the Lord amen that's that's really our theme that's what we that's what we're going to go with and it all goes back to there are places to go there are people to see there are things to say and there are things to do I don't know if it's oh okay I got afflicted a few times there are places to go people to see oh I did not realize that okay things to say and things to do so let me just well, give you, here, here's the, the, here's the lady who just, I don't know if you can turn it up. I did, right I did, because I had to, that was, that was amazing thing that ever happened to me. And I was, I felt like I was not deserving to be like, accepted, but Jesus did. Jesus accepted me even when, even when I was ignoring. Oh, that's it? Ah, uh, Okay. I guess we'll have to dedicate a child again. Can we do that? <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway. On the morning that we talked and you accepted Jesus. I did. I did because I had to. That was, that was amazing oh, thing that ever just... happened to me. And 
I was I felt like I was not deserving to be like, accepted, but Jesus did. Jesus accepted me even when even when I was ignoring. Him. Or one of the statements you made is so there's no regrets. I remember that. Never. I don't regret at all. No. I love being born again. It's yeah. a blessing. It's just. I don't know how to put this, but it's just a special thing ever happened in my life. Yeah. And then in the afternoon yeah. when we came back from church, I, re I remember you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I spoke with the tongue that very day, and I, I, I was like, am I the one speaking this? I couldn't believe. And it was a blessing because there's, such, there's, none, there's, no, no, there's nothing like these things in Muslim family. Amen. So... Uh, so that brought me to the place, you know, I thought there's got to be some more people, you know, that want to accept Jesus. Amen. And uh, so there's a long story to that. I'm just giving you the real quick version, actually. And so because of this story, we wound up going to in 2015. We had a bigger team from the church with us at that time. We went to a uh, Muslim village. And to make a real long story real short, you know, this entire village came to Jesus because of that story. Well, not because of the story, but because of Jesus. But, you know, we had an open door because of this story. And, uh, you know, so what has happened now, this was one of our team members, Larry Brown. Yeah, it's hard for you to see him. But he lifted up one of the elders, right? He got so excited because they opened up the village to us. And, you know, I went back there a couple of years ago with, uh, with Brother Larry again. And they have now opened up the village for us to build a church. So how many of you know that's really good news? That never happens, right? An entire village coming to Jesus, not all at once. You know, it took a little bit of time. Actually, we're still working with them because people come in and go out. You know, there's always new people coming in. And, but, you know, we have an open door in that village, and we're in the process to start building something with them as well. And so Impact Ethiopia is a really a part of our Impact 20 or part of our 2020 vision where we want to begin to build something with the people that we have worked with over the years. And so uh, we are looking towards building a team that can help us or help, help themselves, really. We just, wanna, we just want to oversee it, right? We don't want to do all of the legwork. We can't, but they can. But we want to have an impact at us, at us Ababa, capital city of Ethiopia, impact at us church. We want to build an impact Africa training center and an impact Christian school as a humanitarian project. You know, a, our projects always have to do with either launching a church or help launch a church with launching a uh, ministry training center. Actually, we don't call them a ministry training center. We call them a leadership training center because we don't want to only reach ministry people, ministers, but we want to reach business people. I mean, you know, uh, you can really flourish your, your business when you know the Word of God. Amen. We want to talk and teach about high morals. We want to talk about and teach high ethics. All of these things that may take a little bit longer to have a prosperous business. But eventually when you stick with the Word, glory to God, you'll have a, you'll have a flourishing, a prosperous business. Amen. So I thought I'd give you a little bit of an update now, uh, I'm scheduled to go on, on Tuesday, but, you know, because of what's been happening with the viruses or the virus, the coronavirus, it's a bit iffy at this moment, but we're not going to cancel it. We'll just postpone it. I just thought it'd be good for me to give you an update on what's been happening 
right? It's kind of a long ways. This is just one place. We want to build in various other places around the world as well. But I think this is a good template for us to start out with. All right. If you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read a scripture here that I believe you would know. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And as you're turning, you know, I just want to make a few comments about the coronavirus. I didn't really want to talk a whole lot about it because how many of you know it is a defeated foe, right? He is, or this, this virus is a defeated foe. We don't need to operate in fear whatsoever, but there are some practical things that you can do. And I'm not just talking about washing your hands. Those are all, you know, good things. But even spiritually, you know, to be, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so that you don't walk around with fear. Amen. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest virus of them, of them all. I'm just thinking, you know, what, what would happen if you would not listen to the news for about 14 days? Would that affect you in a positive way? Amen. What would happen to you if instead of listening to the news, you would saturate yourself with the Word of God. Amen. What would happen if you do, you know, like just like Pastor Joel talked about, and we may talk about it a little bit. I'm, it may come up <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 5. You know, we're talking about backwards. You've got to read some scriptures backwards, right, so that, so that you get the drift of that. Actually, do you mind if I, if I turn that really quick? Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, no, I should say Ephesians chapter 5. Can you... Can you work with me on, on that? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. But then we want to um, read it backwards. Is anybody there that can help me with that? Or shall I just read it to you from where I am? Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. Uh, chapter 5, verse 15. I'll find it real quick. Just want to share something. Do you mind if I just share some things from my heart? Right? No, no, I have no interest in lecturing anybody. <laughs> Amen. But just to, just to share some things from my heart where it says, actually, I'm, I'm going to back up to verse 8, talking about you, the church. For you were sometimes darkness at one time. At one time, you were darkness. How many of you know the Bible tells us the entire world lies in darkness? Right? If you would see it from God's point of view, you would look down on earth and you would say, man, that's, a, that's some dark place. But the good news is, in that darkness, there are people like you and me. We're called light. Amen. And, you know, we're not just little candles, right? A little, little, little Christmas candle. You know, even if you are, you know, you can, you can increase the volume, <laughs> Of, your, of, that, of that light so that you can become a laser beam. But you start adding up all of these different light sources that are in this world. You know, there is light in this world. You, at one time, you were called darkness, but you, thank God, by the grace of God, and by the, some choices that you make for Jesus, you were taken out of that realm. Aren't you glad? You were taken out of the realm of darkness and now you are placed in his glorious light. 
where you can see. See, there's three things about darkness. You don't even know what you stumble over, right? Have you ever, you know, gotten up in the middle of the night and stubbed your toe against a piece of furniture that somebody put there that never used to be there? And, you know, all of a sudden you know that your, vo- your flesh has a voice, <laughs> right? You want to, you you know, you want to say something that you're not supposed to because, because it just hurts, right? <laughs> so in, in, the, in the dark, you can't really see. It's difficult for you to connect the dots. Amen. It's hard. It's hard to operate that way. But once you see the light, you will never see things the way that you used to. Is that right? So let's, let's begin in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to get back, you know, but I just have it on my heart. It's almost two different messages. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but, you know, but I, it just seems good because I really didn't want to say anything about the coronavirus because of the fact that it is a defeated foe. But it's still the elephant in the room. So you may as well just deal with it, right? Just deal with it. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or rather expose them. That's what it says. How many of you know there's unfruitful works of darkness? We are called to be fruit bearers. Right? When the first commandment that the human race got from, from the Lord, hi Mary, <laughs> the, 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 the first commandment, the first commandment that the human race got, thank you, I got three bottles now, thank you, thank you, amen, that's, that's I'm not, I shall have abundance, amen. <laughs> so the first commandment that God gave to the human race was, you know, be fruitful, and multiply. That does not just mean having kids, although you'd certainly be included. I'm sure glad that, you know, Pastor Joel and Jamie are getting their fourth child. Amen. I, I, I was thinking it's going to be a boy, but now that it's taken so long, I think it's a girl. <laughs> She's probably just putting her makeup on right now. I don't know. that. I don't know. I'm just, you know. Anyway, that's another story. Be fruitful and multiply. So that does not just have to do with kids. It's got to do with everything that you do. You ought to be able to be fruitful, get results, amen, and multiply those results that you've, that you've gotten. Does that make sense to you? In everything that you do, amen, which would include getting people born again, right? I mean, that, that's an ongoing thing. It, it ought to be normal to just to see a full church. It ought to be normal for us just to buy the whole block next to us. Amen. That ought not, not to be far-fetched from our, from our minds because God is the God of, in, of multiplication and increase. Can you say amen? So, but there's also unfruitful works of darkness, right, that just don't really benefit you nor anybody else. You just wind up with a bunch of STDs and all kinds of other stuff that you don't want. <laughs> you don't want that. So, verse 12, For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved or exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever does make manifest is light. It's a good thing, isn't it? Like when you got some light, you, you begin to see things. 
right? You begin to see things. Sometimes you just a little flashlight can help you a long, long ways. Amen. Wherefore, he says, he's quoting a scripture now from Isaiah, Awake, you who are asleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Now notice, when is Jesus Christ, Christ the anointed one? Christ is not his last name. <laughs> it's, it's who he is. It's, he's Jesus, the anointed one. When is this anointing going to help you? When you make up your mind, I'm going to wake up. Amen. When you make up your mind, I'm going, to, I'm going to wake up and arise from the dead. See, from a distance, if you're asleep, you know, a lot of people thought you might be dead. That's why it looks like in many places, this is just a dead church, people have said. They're not talking about this church, but talking about, you know, if they said that's just a dead church. Really, they're not dead churches. You know, many churches are just dead because they look dead, but really, you know, they're just sleeping. Right? So that's why the Bible tells us, wake up the mighty men. There's a lot of mighty men that need to be woke. <laughs> Amen. That's one of these words that we've used in modern days, woke. You know, so, but in order to be woke, you're going to have to make up your mind and become woke in Christ. Can you say amen? Jesus will, will give you light in such a way that you see things in such a different manner, in such a different way. You, 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 you never used to see it that way. Amen. When... Uh, when we were in, we were at a friend, you know, Sheila's friend, she stayed with them. And uh, they had one of these, uh, Tom and Mary, they had one of these little Jesus cutouts, right, in a piece of wood. Remember that? And Ingrid and I walked in, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And Ingrid said, oh, it says Jesus. Now, I, w I wasn't able to see that, right? I'm supposed to be the spiritual one, but I did not see Jesus in that wooden cutout. And I'm looking at it, and I'm trying and Sheila said, you know, don't you see that? It says Jesus. And the other people said, don't you see that? It says Jesus. They even pointed it out for me. Here's the J. There's the E, the S, the U, and the S. And I didn't see it. <laughs> and believe me, I tried because I, you know, anything, that anything but Jesus, that I want to see. But I wasn't able to, to see. But I found out over the years, I, I, I never see anything like that, you know. Oh, there's Jesus in the clouds. I, mean, I remember we were in a car. We were sitting in the back seat, and this lady yelled out, see, there's Jesus in the sky, in the clouds. I'm looking. I don't see a thing. <laughs> I just see the three sisters out by band, you know, with some clouds over top. I don't see a thing. But I just agreed with her. Oh, yeah, you know. And so I found... <laughs> I didn't see it. And so it's the same thing here. I, I couldn't see it. And I tried. And they, they encouraged me to see it. And I just couldn't see it. The next day, I didn't see it. And I remember I walked by one time. I just walked by and all of a sudden, I just saw it. And the minute I saw it, I thought, oh, there it is. So simple. But th there it is. Now I couldn't see it the way I used to. So that's what happens when you get light. Amen. There are things in life that you might have been afraid of, but once the light shines on it, pfft, that's it. That's it. Do you know at the end of the days, you know, that the light will shine on, on, the, on, on the devil and people will say, are you the one that weakened the nations? You're the one that weakened the nations? Because really, it's all said and done. He is a big, fat zero. He is a big fat zero. The only reason why he is, becomes valuable 
<laughs> they're not valuable in the sense of, you know, the only reason why people, you know, begin to pay attention is because they begin to magnify things. They begin to magnify things. But if you begin to see things in the light of God, you'll begin to magnify Him. Oh, magnify, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. Because the light begins to shine and what used to be a problem to you becomes easy to you. What used to be something you would trip over. <laughs> you know, you used to trip over some things. Now the light shines on it and now there's no stumbling block left, thank God. You just kind of, huh. You just, instead of tripping over it, you just step over it. Amen. So for you, we're sometimes at one time darkness. For it's a shame. Verse 12, uh, verse 13, verse 14. That's <laughs> and arise from the dead, Christ will give you light. See that. Now make sure. That's what Paul says, that you walk circumspectly. Now the word circumspectly is an interesting word. You know, it comes from the same word, you know, that you can use, you know, when an owl looks, right, he can turn his whole neck. He can, he can turn his neck and see what's backwards. It's kind of the same thing as when, when, when a sub submarine comes, comes up and he gets the periscope out and he's able to see everything around him. So we're not stupid, right? We, we're very much aware of what's going on around it, but we are not moved by them, by those things, because we're people of faith. Amen. I'm, I'm glad you came. That shows me you're people of faith. Praise the Lord. You're people of faith. You, you don't mind coming. Hallelujah. Amen. So see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, what do you do? You redeem the time because the days are evil. Amen. Now, just, just by default, you may as well know this, just by default. You may as well know that by default, the days are evil. But does that mean that you're going to have to have an evil day? No. It means you're aware of all those things, but you can have a glorious day. Amen. Being aware of all the things that are going on around you, but just because those things are going on around you does not mean that you're governed or ruled by those things. In all of this, you can have a glorious day because the Lord will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Woo! Amen. You're just digging in, right? You're just having a great meal. You're having a great time in the presence. Didn't even say God's enemies. It would be one thing of your enemies. Praise the Lord. That's exciting to me. So redeeming the time because the days are evil. But if you do this, if you do the next verses, then in the midst of those evil days, you can have a glorious day. Amen. And I believe, you know, for the next little while, I think be, it'd be good for us to really practice this, right? That you're not moved by fear, that you're not moved by what everybody's opinion is and what everybody else is saying out there, but that you purposely, you ground yourself, you become rooted and grounded in the word and in the spirit of God and in the midst of calamity, in the midst of of the Dow Jones going down 6,000 points, you can have a ball. In the midst of virus going, around, going on around you, you can have a ball. 
Isn't that how, how, how Moses and the nation of Israel, how they operated? Remember in Exodus chapter 12, you can, you can read the story. How that, Mo, how that God appeared to Moses and he told him, now there's going to be some rough days, you know, going to be some rough times. But, you know, if you do something about it, then it's not going to affect you. Right? So he told them, you know, uh, Pharaoh is not going to listen to you, but I'm going to send one more plague and he will listen to you. But in the meantime, you prepare yourself for it. I'm paraphrasing all of this, as you can tell. <laughs> so what did God tell Moses? Make sure, he said, that you get a lamb. Every family in Israel is going to get themselves a lamb and they're going to have to get it on the 10th day, inspect it for four days, and on the 14th day of that month, uh, make a sacrifice. You kill that animal and then you eat it. But don't just, you know, eat it uh, just the way that you think. Eat it in haste because it's the Lord's Passover. Make sure you put some of the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost because when I see the blood, God told them, I'm going to pass over you. And so that plague that was out there was very selective. Amen. It was going to take out every firstborn in every family and every firstborn in all of the cattle, the kingdom of the cattle as well. I don't know how you say that, but, you know, every firstborn in the cattle and in the human race were going to be taken out. So I would say that's pretty selective. But it gets even more selective in the sense that if you, if, if the angel of death comes by and he sees the blood on the lentil and on the doorpost, you're not going to have to worry about it because he's going to pass over you. Now, that's Old Testament. Amen. So what did Moses do? Well, you know, he, start, he started to, he didn't quote a psalm. He came up with a psalm. We know it to be Psalm 91, right, where it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, that's your phone. Oh, mine is up here. Oh, no, mine is over here. <laughs> Just want to read it to you. Amen. Somebody sent it to me. For he will rescue. I'm missing a few ones. For he will rescue from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. Now, this is Moses, right? On that night when all of this is happening, this is what he is saying. For he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Do you believe that? Well, you must because otherwise you would not even be here. <laughs> Amen. We're not afraid, right? We're not afraid. But then I would also want you to know what's the outcome going to be? What's the outcome? You know, what happened? What happened during this time? Do you know what happened? That all of Israel, because of the sacrifice that they made from that lamb, Old Testament sacrifice, they put the blood on the doorpost and on the lentil. They all went out, right? Several million of them, people estimate three million people came out, 
And I don't think we're even counting the children yet. So a host of people, they came out. And Psalm 105 tells us how they came out. He brought them forth with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble among them. There was not one weak. There was not one sick person among their tribes. Can you say amen? Not one person. Can you think of it? Can, have you ever thought about it this way? Let's say there's a city of 3 million people. You know, add up Calgary and Edmonton and, I don't know, a few other cities. Then you might get up to 3 million, 3 million people. And there's not a hospital needed. There's not a doctor needed because of that Old Testament sacrifice. Now, we live in the what? New Testament with better promises. Amen? Because it's established in a different type of blood. It's the blood of Jesus. He has become our Passover. Amen? So you may want to take, I mean, I already bought some uh, grape juice. <laughs> we were going to do it yesterday morning, but we ran out of time. But we're going to do it. Amen? We're going to get some grape juice. We're going to participate in the Lord's Supper. Right? Just, just, like, just like they did. Amen? And Moses began to say some things. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And you just go on and you just go on. With long life, at the end it says, with long life will He satisfy me and show me, demonstrate to me His salvation. That's what I believe. Amen. We're going to live a long life. We're going to be a nuisance to the devil for a long time. <laughs> Are you out there? So that's what I want to say. So I believe at the end, when it's over, you know, it's going to take us, take, I would say, just about a month or so. By Easter, it'll all be gone. It'll be just gone. And nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. It'll be just gone. And I believe, you know, things will be different. Things will be different after that time because I believe we'll see a major, a great awakening happening throughout the whole world. Amen. I believe that we, the church, I'm talking specifically about the church. We, we will be well. Amen. We will be strong and we will be healthy. Amen. And we are coming out with some silver and some gold. Amen. Some things in the world will definitely change. Woo, glory to God. So I'm excited about that. Amen. I'm not going to listen to the news. I'm going to build myself up on my holy faith Praying in the Holy Ghost. Woo! <laughs> and get all excited about what's going to happen. All right. So, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, he says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So, how many of you know God wants you to know what his will is? Yes. Oh, Brother John, we will never know what the will of God is. He works in mysterious ways as wonders to perform. Well, not according to the Bible. It may be, it may be mis mysterious to you, right? But if you know the, know, know the Bible, God is, you know, He's faithful. You know what? Because He is faithful, He is extremely predictable. Because that's what faithful people do. Faithful you can count on them. You, can, you know, I'm, my, my, uh, I, I think that my wife is probably one of the most faithful people that I've ever seen. 
So she's very pre- predictable. I know exactly how she's going to act and react and respond in certain ways. All I need to say is a certain thing, and it will trigger her to say something else. I, I just know exactly. I know which buttons to push. <laughs> Amen. And, and her children, our children, know the same thing. They purposely do it. Marcel is really good at it. You know, he just knows how to push a button and, you know, and there it comes. Praise the Lord. We, just, we could see that coming. <laughs> anyway, amen. Be not drunk, he says. Wherefore, be not understanding what, unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, so we can know the will of God. And don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Because you know what? That's the real thing. Being filled with the Spirit is the real thing. Getting drunk on wine, getting high on dope, amen, getting, getting addicted to porn is, is not the real thing. It's a substitute. It'll never satisfy you. And it brings a lot of stupid problems with it. A lot of dumb, dumb things happen because of that. But, you know, why don't you just, you know, go God's way, get a little tipsy in the Holy Ghost? That'd be all right. That'd be okay. You know, the early church, they were, you know, they thought they were drunk. So they must have acted drunk. Amen. Now, somebody told me one time, they said, well, they acted drunk because they were all speaking in with, with other tongues. Well, you know, have you ever been in a, in a setting where everybody speaks in different tongues or different languages? Just because they speak in a different language does not mean that they're drunk. I, 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 I go to a lot of different countries. And they talk to me sometimes in their, their language. And it does not mean that I think that they're drunk. I just think of them. They speak a different language than I do and I don't understand them. So they must have acted somewhat drunk to be accused of. They are drunk early in the morning. What's wrong with these people? They say, no, no, no. We're not drunk as you suppose. We're drunk, but not like you think, not like you think we are. Okay. But... But be filled with the Spirit. You ought to, that, there's something tangible about that. Right? There's something tangible. There's something real about the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's not just a, you know, some mysterious blob that's floating through the, through the atmosphere here. He's not just some kind of a cloud that's floating influencing people from this. No, no, no. He is a real person inside of you. Amen. Amen. You could call him. He is your insider. Amen. He's your insider. I mean, Wall Street would love to have insiders, right? (laughs) Because if you have an insider, then you get information that other people are not privy to. Now, think about that. You've got the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Godhead. He knows what's going on in heaven. And he lives as an insider in you so that you can know what tomorrow holds. That's his job description. He'll show you things to come. Amen. He'll show you what to do in the stock market. He'll tell you what to do in investments. Okay, moving on. Speaking to yourselves. In songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I used to think that's kind of strange. I didn't know what, how to put it, singing psalms and hymns. I'm, you know, because I'm thinking in my old-school old way, you've got to get a hymnal out now. 
<laughs> right? And, and read a hymn or sing a hymn. Now, that's nothing wrong with that because how many of you know there's some really good hymns? Right? But they were, you know, but they didn't start in a hymnal. They started because someone was filled by the Spirit and began to sing or began to say something. Amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I, I, I see. Oh, when peace like a river attends my way. When sorrows like, be, like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, you have taught me to say. It is well with my soul. Amen. Somebody experienced that. Are you out there? So you can do the same thing. Now, you can, you can sing what's, hap, what's being sung from here. That's all fine. You know, somebody's got to prime the pump. <laughs> but you're expected to come up with your own songs. Amen. Pray long enough. Pray in the Spirit long enough till something begins to bubble up on the inside of you. Amen. Because it will. It will. All of a sudden, you begin, you begin to say some happy things. You begin to to sink some happy thoughts. <laughs> think some happy thoughts. You begin to think in terms of how God sees things. Are you out there? Rather than by all the fear and the unbelief and the doubt and the disagreements and the strive and the bitterness that you find on social media and wherever else it is, you know, just get rid of it for a little while and begin to prime your own pump. Are you out there? So, because if you work, walk it backwards, let me finish off. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's a song in your heart that needs to come out. Right. Amen. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now notice what it says next. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. See, we've kind of taken it out of context. We've had whole marriage seminars based on that, but you can't do that. Wives, it's very difficult to submit to your husband unless you do the first things first. You're filled with the Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Then a the husband of yours becomes a lot easier to submit to. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I should say this. I'm not going to because I'm going to get flack for that, you know. So I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, you remember, you know, <laughs> remember back in those, that maybe they still out there, you know, but I, I saw a girl driving in a car on the back of her car. It said, drink till he's cute. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about, you know, you getting, getting some wine, but get filled with the Holy Ghost until that husband of yours becomes cute again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, I can say a lot more, but that's, that, probably will, that will probably do it for now. I'm going to get some flag for that one, I know. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ the head of the church, and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your, wife, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Amen. So you, you can't do that unless you got something 
someone living on the inside of you that will help you do that. Amen. Otherwise, you're just operating in the mind and in the flesh, right? And you do your best to hold it all together. Oh, one more, one more statement and I'm going to blow. <laughs> so you have to move, move away so you don't blow. That's not a good way of living. Amen. You can, you can live a lot higher. You're meant to operate at a much higher level as a believer. You got what it takes. The Holy Spirit in you is not, a, is not just a spiritual hitchhiker, right? He wants to be put to use in your life. And so give him something to work with. Give him the word. That's fuel for him. Begin to say what God says about you. Begin to talk about the fact that you've been washed in the blood. Right? Those are things, those are statements that he'll work with. That you've become the righteousness of God. That you've become the healed <laughs> because of the stripes of Jesus. You've become the blessed. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. You begin to say some of those statements and you've you got something living on the inside of you who will pump you up and say, yeah, that's right, because that's his job. He, will wit he bears witness of the truth. He's not going to do the witnessing for you. That's your job. But he will certainly bear witness in you, with you, that yes, this is the word. Yes, this is the road you're supposed to be on. Yes, this is what you're supposed to say. Yes, this is what you're supposed to imagine. <laughs> yes, this is how you're supposed to think. And by doing so, you'll find out there's a transformation taking place. See, what, see what's, what's happening? What's happening with Christianity, we take the Bible and we add it to the other information that we already have. And nothing ever changes. Because it's just different in information for different circumstances. Right? When I'm in church, I think this way. Right? Or when trouble comes, you know, I'm, I may pull from that information that Pastor Joel preached on this past Sunday. No, no, no. Our job is to throw the other information away. Ex there's an exchange taking place. Amen. You get rid of your old stinking thinking. Amen. And now you begin to think like God thinks. You begin to imagine like He imagines things. Now you begin to talk like He talks. Praise the Lord. And I don't have time for the other message. Praise <laughs> the Lord. But that's okay. So let's, let's read it backwards. Pastor Joel mentioned it. You know, if you read it backwards, and I think that's what we're talking about. Our theme is backwards. <laughs> so you begin with verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your word is working in me. Thank you, Lord, that my children are taught of the Lord. Amen. And great will be their undisturbed composure. Thank you, Lord, that you provide for all of our needs. You have always provided us and you will see us through during this time as well. Thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. You have been the healer since Abraham. <laughs> Amen. And you are still the healer in our day and age and in our life. You just begin to think, to say, give thanks to him. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Well, what does that mean? You just begin to say thanks from, from your spirit. I remember the first time I did it. I'm, you know, I, I remember driving in my truck. 
And uh, I'm praying in tongues. I don't know why. I just thought it'd be a good thing. I, I'm, I'm a very new, a new believer, you know. But they told me praying tongues a lot. I said, okay. <laughs> Tell me how first. So they told me how. They got me filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember I'm doing that on my way from Red Deer to Olds. And so I'm just praying with in in in, in other tongues. And I thought it was good, you know. But all of a sudden, I I I began to say things in. English that I would never think of by myself. I would say things that were really, I thought, this is good. Man, I wish I could talk, talk like, like that to my teachers, <laughs> right? I, I wish I could, could talk like this to my boss because this is, you know, it's almost poetic. I, I like it. There's just something about it. Amen. So this is the first time that I came in contact with that. So if you do that a lot, after a while things become begin to flow out of you and all fear will just absolutely dissipate, disappear from your life. You have no worries. Amen. You have absolutely no worries. Your future looks bright. Amen. Now, I'm not just saying this trying to be nice to you. you know, this is real stuff, right? And this is stuff that you and I can practice every, every day and make a difference in our lives and a difference in our families. And when you do that, when you do those things, you'll not be drunk with wine bearing his excess, but you'll be filled with the Spirit. Right? How many of you know that's an ongoing thing? Not just one time I got filled with the Spirit back in 1979 and that's the last thing you know, we've heard about it. Right? No, no, it's an ongoing thing. You can do this every day. Then what's going to happen next is because you do that, you will not be unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And because of that, you will be able to redeem the time. Because the days are evil. You know what that means? You're, you're exchanging something. Because if you don't do that, by default, the day you're going to have will be an evil day. And you wonder, why did God allow that to happen? Well, he, he didn't allow it to happen necessarily. It happens because you're not following the instructions to be filled, to live a spirit-filled life. Amen. All right. Now, I, I just have to quit. <laughs> I just have to quit because I could go on, you know, for a long time about this. So obviously we didn't get anywhere with my scripture, but I wanted to just share a few things about this. You know, what's going to happen? You know, because this is, this is something that is in people's minds, right? It's the elephant in the room. But we're not going to fear about it. We know the, the outcome. We know what the outcome is. I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will come out of this thing a lot better. We're going to look a lot better. <laughs> We're going to sing a lot better. <laughs> Amen. We're going to be strengthened with might according to His glorious power. We're going to see finances increase like you've never seen before. Praise the Lord. This will be a different world when it's all said and done. Amen. Amen. It'll be a different world. Amen. When it's all said and done. Do you believe that? Amen. Thank you for the opportunity to you know speak to you thank you pastor joel it's been a joy and thank you mary for all the water i'll be enjoying that amen happy birthday to sandra amen so what else can i say ingrid would you like to say anything come on up yeah usually you want to say things <laughs> no <laughs> I, I i meant that in a really i got a lot way. to say to no, you I, later I mean, <laughs> 
I meant it in a good way. I meant it in a good way. Oh, Sheila's becoming excited now. Look at this. <laughs> Actually, I do have one thing to say. Um, regarding your life, as you walk through your days, you know you have a choice. Um, you can fear or not fear. And over the last months, weeks, especially now, you have a lot of opportunity. I often go around my house and say, I refuse to fear. Like, you know when fears, fearful thoughts come, your heart rate goes up, you, and you feel it in your body. Physically, you can feel fear. And, and think, oh, God, there it is again. I thought, I'm going to use my mouth, because my mouth was given to me by the Lord to use. And the words that he has put in his word yeah. for us, I want to put in my mouth to speak out. And Psalm 91 is amazing. Ooh. It just ministers to your heart like nothing else will do. Yeah. Like under his wings, under his feathers. Like picture yourself there. Like that, what a spot that is. Under the most high God, he's taking care of you. So yeah. I would encourage you this week, yeah. When, when you have your heart rate goes up and you get like, oh, you speak. Yeah. Speak. I refuse to fear. Yeah. And you speak it out by faith. I refuse to fear. Yeah. And if you have to say it a hundred times a day, you say it a hundred times a day. It's a gift that God has given us, our words. Use that gift. Yeah. Use it. And, you, and the more you say it, the more you can really understand in your heart the power that is behind those words because they're from the most high so i would challenge you this week say it i refuse to fear i refuse to fear Fear, i resist you and in whose name the name of the most high god the name of jesus it's amazing he's provided for us we're his family we're his children we are his church powerful powerful on this earth so let's take that spot people of the world need to see us taking our spot they need to see us. What? That's, that's the church. So, yeah. Amen. and Amen. we'll talk later. <laughs> I, sh- I shall not fear. <laughs> okay. This is, something, this is something you can practice, right? Just for God, you know, this is something that my wife has, has as a scripture right in front of her, you know, maybe when we, when we go to bed. It's the last thing that you see. You know, just a scripture. I mean, you know, it's good to do. You know, just surround you with the word. It says in from the Amplified Bible, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 and 6, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. That's what God said. So what do we do? There's a little bit of a lesson here, I guess. So, verse 6 says, So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently, confidently and boldly say. Because God has said something. Now it's our turn to say something in line and in agreement with what he has said. Amen. You've got you to learn to talk to the devil. You've got to learn to talk to fear. You've got to learn to talk to your mountain. Amen. Don't pray about the mountain. Amen. Don't just sing about the mountain. Don't even pray about singing about the mountain. <laughs> talk to your mountain. Right? 
That's what the Bible tells us to do so that we take comfort and are encouraged and are confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be seized with alarm. I'll not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? You're in, you're in good hands. Woo! Amen. Sheila, nice to see you. Thank you. That was so awesome. Everything that we heard today um, was about making decisions and choices and choosing what to do, whether it is in our family and the way we're going to raise our home or how we're going to ap approach what's going on outside of this room in the world. And to be honest, what's going on is a bit mystifying to me, but change will come. And I have this one scripture in, in Proverbs 3 that I was reading, and it's verse 9. It says, Honor the Lord with your capital and your sufficiency and with the first, first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places, these people who honor the Lord, so shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. Today what we did was honor God. We honored God with what we decided we were going to do with our children. We honored God with what we're going to do with what's going on in the economy. And, you know, I, I don't want to compare what's happening right now to 9-11, but, but what happened at 9-11 caused change. And what's going on right now will cause change. And in order for finances and things to have a shift, some, it has to have a natural event happen. If you become unshakable in the words like what Pastor Ingrid said, what Pastor John said, what Pastor Joel said, what the people around you say to choose to honor God, to choose to honor his word, finances is no different. I'm, I'm here to receive the tithes and offerings, but I really want to admonish you, this is a good time to sow. It really is, because what you're saying is fear. <laughs> you don't own me. Like Lawrence and I were talking at home, you know, and we were talking about the impact that this will have on the economy. Like this is just a, just a, like a small, and I'm sure you've been thinking about it too, like we're, we're real sports people, right? So he follows all the sports and the Calgary Flames, and he was listening to them and, and, and how... Just them canceling all that they did and how it's affected the vendors. You know, we forget there's people behind the scenes that are going to be in, uh, affected by all of this. But if you grab God's word and you grab a hold of what he's said to you and refuse to fear and take your money and say, you don't own me now. You watch the church rise. You, like, like the money will come to the sower. And if you will honor the word and say, I'm going to do this regardless, and that's what Lawrence and I said, one thing we know is we will give. And we, we, we tithe and we give. Now, I'm not saying you do, I'm not meaning you do what I do. I'm meaning use your faith. And what God is speaking to you today, plant it in faith, knowing that this is true. And I think when the, when the world gets shaken like, like, like that, it really is a test. Do you believe this or is this a game? Is this a game? Like, do we really honor God? Do we really assemble? They tell us, don't do this and don't do that and oh my this. And inside, 
you must steady your heart and in every avenue, it must be in your home. What we read to these people, talk about it at your table, talk about it when you go to bed, talk about it when you send them to school, talk about it when you go to work. What are you talking about? Jesus is my Lord and his word is true. And we will do what he said in his word. And so I just want to invite you to partner with us today because we will be taking the word full force. We're not going to stop in every avenue that's given to us and telling this message of who Jesus is. And this will be the church's brightest hour. So, so ushers come, we're going to, we're going to receive and we're going to do it in faith. If you have your seed today and you want to plant and sow something today. When I say, say these words in prayer, say, I agree with that. Father, in Jesus' name, we plant on purpose with honor. You said, honor me with your substance and your vats will be full. I, I believe it, Lord. And so today we plant in faith. And with our words, we take our words and we say, I agree with your words. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting my needs, my family's needs, and helping me to meet my neighbor's needs. And the church, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you so much. And also want to just make mention, uh, Heather Miller, where are you, lady? Heather, are you here? There she is. Heather, stand up for a moment. She actually just started working here at the church this past week as well. And so we're so honored to have her too. Heather, welcome on board. And just other, come out, quick more family news. Uh, Gavin and Colleen, will you guys just stand up as well for a moment? They have been part of the Saturday night crew for, I mean, for a while, I think since the fall. And uh, they had, they moved uh, from Manitoba to Alberta I think it was in the fall or so. And actually now they're just because of work schedule wise and uh, new jobs opportunities, they're actually moving to BC. Um, at, well, I think next week is when you're going out already. So they're leaving, but we just wanted to pray and send them out. And man, we're just so thankful for the time that we got to have them. They're from South Africa, y'all. So they got the coolest accent. So just, just go hang out. Just, you guys are going to get bombarded just to hear them talk. So we just want to pray over them, release them. Father, just stretch your hands towards them. Father, we thank you so much for Gavin and Colleen and the life that they live. Father, the call that you have on their lives. Father, we thank you for the time that they've spent here and sown their hearts and their time here. Lord, we release them and we send them in faith knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for them. We thank you, Father, that they have divine connections already actually happening in the job that they're looking at. Father, we give you praise and we plead the blood of Jesus over them everywhere that they go. And we thank you that the steps of a good man are ordered by you. So we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Totsins, I don't know if that's Afrikaans or not, but... It's Dutch, so hopefully there's an intermingling there. But again, also want to make one more quick mention. Uh, March 29th, it's a Sunday, two weeks from today, uh, we're going to be having our annual meeting. It'll be right after the service here. So if you are a member of this church, or am I a member? Well, if you're a tither and if you are a participator, a prayer of this ministry, you is a member. And we want to welcome you just to talk, and we're going to just share some things that are coming up and all the changes that are happening. So that'll be March 29th. Uh, it'll be after the service, about 15, 20 minutes after the service, and we'll have it directly in here. So again, thank you so much for coming this morning. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, don't freeze, and we will see you throughout this week.